This Week in Science. Article published in iScience, May 20, 2021. Article 102,499. Harmonic radar tracking reveals that honeybee drones navigate between multiple aerial legs. Highlights. Flight paths of individual honeybee drones were tracked using harmonic radar. Convoluted flights were concentrated in four drone congregation areas. Drones commonly moved between leg-like congregation areas during a single flight. Acceleration patterns suggest a mechanism to maintain congregation area cohesion. Summary Male honeybees drones, are thought to congregate in large numbers in particular drone congregation areas to mate. We used harmonic radar to record the flight paths of individual drones and found that drones favored certain locations within the landscape which was stable over two years. Drones often visit multiple potential lefting sites within a single flight and take shared flight paths between them. Flights between such sites are relatively straight and begin as early as the drone's second flight, indicating familiarity with the sites acquired during initial learning flights. Arriving at congregation areas, drones display convoluted, looping flight patterns. We found a correlation between the drone's distance from the center of the chariot and its acceleration toward the center, a signature of collective behavior leading to congregation in these areas. Study reveals the behavior of individual drones as they navigate between and within multiple aerial legs. About this week's cover art, this image of the Beehive star cluster points out the location of its first known planets, PR-0201b and PR-0211b, or, as astronomers call them, the first bees in the Beehive. The open cluster, also called Prancy P, is a collection of about 1,000 stars all loosely bound together by gravity, located about 550 light-years away. The stars were born out of the same cloud and have remained together for the past 600 million years. Eventually, they will disperse and head out on their own. Astronomers found the planets PR, 
0201B, and PR 0211B, orbiting different sun-like stars in the cluster. The planets are both hot Jupiters, which are gas giants like Jupiter, but whip closely around their stars in just days. They are the first planets ever found around sun-like stars in a cluster offering further proof that planets can sprout up in dense stellar environments. The Beehive Cluster can be seen in dark northern skies in late winter or early spring with the naked eye. The stars themselves can be seen individually with the help of a telescope. Image Credit NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory Copyright Stuart Heggie Previously on Mindwave uh, It's a breakfast whiskey talking. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's it it this a lot of the shit was a mystery, you know, for a long, long, long time. Um, and science, particularly the natural sciences, um, which again I'm not referring to. I have a lot of uh, very <laughs> avid science uh, advocate, science communicators, and debunkers and things in the audience. I want to stress that I'm not talking about, um, you know, the kind of homeopathic. Um, what's what's another the snake oily type stuff? There it there are really good reasons um, to still be looking in nature for uh, these things because I mean that's where we got all the ones that we know about the ones that are refined the refined refined uh, the aspirin I'm reminded of is derived from uh, tree bark. Every medication we have, I believe, is derived from something found in nature. Yeah, it's worth it's worth pointing out. So it's the it's not a uh, you know pseudoscientificy thing to to look there, um, and that's something that we should we should collectively kind of break um, about our you know the, the more rigid ways of. Uh, thinking because if you would have taken something like this into the lab you know however however long ago they were like get the fuck out of here you know um so at the the attitudes towards uh i lost it tick 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 it happens natural ingredients and natural products yeah, yeah it, it comes with this tinge of uh, kind of hippy dippy. Oh, it's magic. Well, no, it's not. There's actually really good reasons. Well, it, it uh, is. There's, there's evidence, you know, to to support the the benefits that these things provide. So, well, I think your, your quote kind of hits on it um, with Arthur C. He says, "I actually looked it up so that we could get it right." Uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from indistinguishable from magic and that's what it is magic is science it's just a mm. different term for it like like i said before they didn't have science so they called it magic magic is science so magic exists it's just do you choose to call it magic or science because they're indistinguishable right which means they're the same basic thing yeah, it's so, just science you don't understand yet i exactly. mean it... Well, I mean, I, I think it depends on a, a certain level. Like, you don't understand, like, they knew these things worked because they worked. Like, they didn't, like, uh, yeah, it was a lot of plug-and-play type of stuff. They couldn't tell you on a molecular level why these things worked. You still go to the Amazon right now and something happens to you. They're going to grab a plant that you can tell from anything else and they're going to put it on and it's going to be exactly what you need because they know it works. It's tried and tested. 
just like a, in a lab. It was tried and tested in the lab of the real world. So mm -hmm. I think there's this huge disconnect that happens that after the scientific revolution took place, people are like, they wanted, I don't know if they felt shame for following some, re, you know, like, I guess at the time it was the religious doctrines of, of how things worked or that they just didn't want to admit it, but they kind of put that stuff down really, really hard to try to prop up science, and it's, it's a huge disservice because botany has been around a lot, a lot longer than um, science as we see today. People have been botanists since before we realized the molecular cell existed. Since, I think since even before we had, like, language and writing. Yeah. It's safe to say, yeah, that, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the science of botany has been around and, since longer before. And that. if you want, like, we can go. There's a really good rabbit hole for people to go down. There's a book called The Immortality Key, and I would recommend that everyone either read it or get it on auto on audio. It's amazing. But um, you kind of understand what Ryan was talking about. How people got, you know, deemed, you know, cast as witches and all that stuff because of what they were doing and it was really just a power play hmm. you know the women were really in charge of a lot of the po you know the potions and medicines making back then and a lot of a lot of men were too in other parts but when you look in europe eastern europe it was all women it was passed down orally to the women so that's why they got cast they got cast out and what that did is you know they threw it to the side because it's magic and then like, oh look here's hmm. science and it's like no this is all important too Yes, and the key part being there, uh, it got the that attention because it worked. <laughs> In one way or another, that's why they were angry about it. It worked, and yeah. sorry, prayer and exorcism doesn't. <laughs> you know, so if your kid's having an epileptic seizure uh, and you think it's a demon, if you stand over the child going, get out of there, you, you jerk, <laughs> stop making my kid shake. That's not gonna work, but it, you know, you fuck around with um, the the laboratory of nature, Jacob. I love that you referred to it that way. Of na nature is kind of its own laboratory, doing experiments on itself to figure out what works and what doesn't. Absolutely, but don't um, cast out the power of prayer because that's been proven scientifically too. So let's not let's yeah, not put that yes. down because that's been proven to be sure. extremely effective when it comes to cleansing water and human beings are 75 percent water so just doing the and there's been proven cases where i mean science can't disprove that those things have helped in, in many cases i think i What's think that? we're getting a little sidetracked here oh, but we rabbit, are. rabbit holes are totally a mind wave thing this is, <laughs> like, this is what like, we do what we do this is what we i do. think that has has more to do with um the state of mind you know that you're in um prayer you know good thoughts themselves aren't going to magically change something else but there are real ways real ways that good thoughts will um change yeah. your your mindset and your your you know whatever i, do, I don't yeah. know i <laughs> recommend there's a documentary the secret of water just watch that and uh, this rabbit hole will go deeper and deeper the yeah you, you, you <laughs> might you might change your view a little bit because it, uh, it, it did for me science has proven that those things just the good thought and the good intention 
has an actual effect on your environment. Mm. Palpable. But mm. unnoticed. And that's Indeed. my thoughts. Okay. My thought process towards B. Yes, so let's make a beeline. <laughs> but right back to them. Do you know why they call it a beeline? Perfect segue. Because of the com- because of the co- communication, if the bee comes back to the hive, they found uh, nectar. Hey, there's nectar that way. They nectar, communicate that water. to the other. So when they do their first migratory three-mile pattern outside the hive, when they mm. find water, they do a straight line from that water source back to the hive. So it's straight line from from water sources. Oh, I thought it was the other way towards the foot. Water sources. That's that's interesting. Uh, and geometry. We talked about the honeycomb shape. <laughs> I mean, this is geometry manifests in nature all the time, but maybe we can talk about the uh, communication uh, and uh, um, maybe we can talk about the the, the waggle. Talk about the, the waggle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, when bees um, are, they find nectar or when they're about to swarm and they're looking for a new place to set up their hive, the scouts will go out and they'll find these things and when they come back, they have a special little waggle dance and depending on how fast they're moving, it's like this is how fast you need to go in that direction and what direction they're actually pointed when they're doing their dance corresponds to the direction of the sun and what direction they need to go to achieve getting to the place they need to be and the bees will take this little dance and they'll compute it and be like okay i've got to still do my work and like three hours later the sun has moved right so the bees will come out and they'll do the calculation of the math to figure out where exactly that nectar or that position is according to their hive so they're doing advanced calculus and you know navigational math in their little bee brains based off of a dance yeah whether or not they they're actually consciously aware that that's what they're doing uh i think about this every time i throw a a ball for my dog I mean, my dog will run across the yard, he'll calculate the trajectory of the arc, he'll jump up mid-air, twist around, grab it in the middle of the air, and then if that's... Does he know he's doing calculus? Maybe not, but that's what he's doing. That's that's absolutely how we how we can describe. And think about, think about that for a minute, kids. That's a little bit nuts. That just from motion alone, we're not talking verbal communication we're just talking movement alone hey i'm gonna shake my butt that direction uh this fast and that's gonna tell you what's over there uh and i think they even break down they can there's different dances for hey these are there's flowers that way but there's a a good new there's a good tree for a new uh hive over there there's water over there um so it's a primitive form of communication by human standards but in some senses is a much more robust um and powerful form of communications because i mean look at the hive operates as a single thing imagine if human society worked that way 
uh, we're the most fragmented kind of chaotic psychotic uh you know group of <laughs> biggest group of angry chimps <laughs> to ever take over this ball of water and dirt um but there there's something to be said for those simpler forms of communication that we we can actually learn quite a lot quite a bit from the bees and other pollinators don't want to shit on the other pollinators <laughs> there are lots of pollinators bees are very special i've been uh, terrified of them since i was a kid obviously you know my girl anybody who watched my girl <laughs> I, I feel like we're all in the same generation what did macaulay Culkin? <laughs> oh god <laughs> it was all over a girl it's always over a girl mm. <laughs> Uh, but at moving out here, like the the desert, as it were, out here we get wasps, and wasps out there, that's like a oh no, terrifying, uh, fucking crazy thing. You don't want those anywhere near you. You know they're, they're evil. <laughs> and when I moved out here, I'm like, no, wasps are actually kind of like they're kind of nice <laughs> and cool and curious. They don't fuck with you unless you really like fuck with them and they have crazy abilities too. They use the same, a lot of the same uh, tools in the bee toolbox, but they, they apply them differently. The shape of the wasp nest, for example, mimics that. It's a uh, convergent evolution, I believe those would be the word to say it. Uh, they came up upon the same solution um, for the honeycomb shape. Um, independently, separate from one another. And they have abilities that, I mean, rival AI in terms of uh, recognition, facial recognition. We're getting down another rabbit hole here, and we're, we're past our half an hour, half an hour mark. It's fine, we're, we're doing the hour. Uh, they, wasps, have the ability to, uh, you know, with their little compound eyes recognize faces to an astonishing degree like better than just as good as dogs or even people probably even better than people <laughs> can recognize faces um which is something that trips me out nature does amazing things kids yeah, well, yeah it's, a, it's a conscious living thing Mm. Yeah. Well, like Jake was alluding a lot longer than people. Yeah. Like Jake was alluding to earlier, nature is like a laboratory. And I tell my wife every time, because we live in the Pacific Northwest and we live up here in Bellingham because we like to go hiking. And I'm like, if we had the information and the knowledge that is available to us out there, if we went and sought it out, every time we go on a hike, we're walking through a pharmacy. There is mushrooms, there is bark, there are tree needles and leaves, and they all have medicinal purposes, which have been, you know, analyzed and collected by the pharmaceutical companies, then synthesized and then sold to you at a super high price. <laughs> but it's free every time you go walking through the woods if you know what you're looking for. That's the that's the important part. If you know what you're looking for, and this is this is another thing to point out, nature mimics a lot. So there could be 
if you are going to be a forager, especially mushroom forager, make hundred percent sure because nature, um, species in, in nature mimic other species, um, as just shh. <laughs> Dogs being a punk. Um, yeah. God damn it. No, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, that convergent yeah. evolution thing. This is going to take me into a slight thing because you said you guys met for Yang Gang, so a slight, and then we'll... But it's like, it reminds me of this idea that I think Ryan and I talked about where that should be what the government does, just educating people on like what natural things are good for you and what things in nature aren't good for you. Like where we live. Like the forestry service, like it should just be this is what you need to do. This is how you farm your land. Like I never we didn't grow up with four H club in our schools. But we grew up in a in a town that was all farmland and knew nothing about farming. Not a thing. Nothing about the wilderness or the environment. They didn't push us in that direction. Like, hey, here's where you live. Here's the shit you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just blows my mind. I remember this story. Remember, so Clover Creek, Ryan, there's this creek that used to, that runs by our old school. That used to run around, um, you know, the right field fence at Keithley Middle School, the outfield. It used to run back behind there and salmon used to spawn up that fucking thing when Scott was a young boy. Yeah. Like, I never knew that, that, because they diverted it. But if they would have left it the same, like Ryan and I could have been fishing for salmon you know what it was a two three blocks away from our house like a quarter mile i think a quarter mile from our house we could have just been fishing for salmon and wouldn't have, yeah it, it just would have been so different i and I, mm. I think in a good way but i forget why they i don't know why they diverted it but they didn't need to because now the the creek's dead nothing runs up anymore because like, it's concrete the whole way That's a fucking bummer, man. I mean, uh, I'm I'm from San Diego, and I I the whales originally, and you can see how much of the natural world you can see the the bits that of natural world that they basically destroyed to build, um, to build the civilization on top of it, and with absolutely no regard for nature whatsoever. Yeah, right. I mean, I think all all of downtown is was built on top of like a marsh, which they may be fucked at some point because of things like sea level rise and erosion and things like that. Let alone a you know possibility of a hurricane or something. But I remember growing up, you know, meant in many places like five minutes from the beach. Beach was a fucking disgusting place. You never wanted to go. Sewers were just running right into it. Plastic everywhere. Fucking, like, needles and crap. Uh, but then, you know, you get to those really, really, really hard-to-get-to places. And then all of a sudden, you're finding seashells. And going, like, wow, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> and they they destroyed so much. There, there are so many places to touch on there of, like... Southern California coast of, of drudging, you know, sand out of the lagoons and, uh, to make artificially sandy 
beaches um, where they're naturally rocky. When I was a kid, I I already so back in my day, <laughs> you know, if it's I'm what? How old am I? Thirty-five? I don't know. But like when I was a kid, there were the beaches were mostly rock. And they're like, well, that's not good, but those rocks are good. Let's take those and let's use those for landscaping on all these track homes that we're building all around. And then we'll just drudge a bunch of sand from the bottoms of the lagoons and uh, from the bottom of the ocean. Just with no regard for nature, just totally fucking shit up. Um, San Alijo, I think, is one of the main lagoons that I'm thinking of. And it's like... There used to be like deer, family of deer, and, and, and uh, the you know big birds, the big ones. You, you know which ones? <laughs> uh, pelicans. Uh, uh, um, I was gonna say storks, but I'm like, that's not a real bird, is it? Oh yeah, storks a real bird. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's not the one I was saying, but yeah, crane. It, yeah, big uh, cranes and geeses and ducks and. Gooses and mooses, not mooses. Mises. Uh, Mises. I I miss. Oh God. Moose. <clears throat> there that that sentiment. I I I miss the things that I never got to see, um, because you can see they used to be there. That's an I interesting that. thing. You miss because I know that feeling and it's a real feeling you miss the things you never got to see but it's a feeling of missing something that you know that you you've bestowed before in some way that you that, that you, you feel it and it's such a I don't I, I don't think I've ever talked with anyone about it's such a weird because it's, it's also in good things too like I, I feel it but there's this weird longing for something that you know you know you've never seen it because it's thousands or hundreds of years old, but you know you, you can tell it used to be there. You, you can tell it well, was there. Well, you stowed it before. It's it's like you like. Oh, I have a memory of what that used to look like, and mm. I know that's not what it. it it's it's weird. It's it's. It, I feel like a time traveler in a, in a lot of cases. Like I've seen yeah. it before. I've felt it. I've I could smell. I, I've been in places where I've smelled earth, and you're in the middle of a warehouse before. It's just devoid of all of it, but you could it's it's a weird feeling. Us humans, we are in a very unique spot. We're a very unique animal <laughs> trying to contemplate its place on this ball of water and dirt. As it were. <laughs> right. Um shit. Okay. Let's uh let's refocus. Back to uh, we talked a little bit about about cannabis and cannabis history, but I don't I don't I don't know how much of that we want to get into. Um, to be honest, there's so much misinformation out there that, like Jake, when he was talking at the beginning of the segment, he's talking about my grandpa, and that is a big thing for us in general to address is the misinformation with the elderly. Mm. Because it's like, you know, we and, and it plays into what we were just talking about with the knowledge of the, the surrounding area and the medicines around us. They've been so misinformed by the propaganda machine that it makes it really difficult. And on, on top of that, it's not just the misinformation, it's the snake oil salesmen, like you said before, 
Mm. So with my grandfather, taking advantage, he was already of he was already convinced about the benefits of marijuana, or of not, well, not even marijuana. That's that's the wrong word to use. Cannabis. Mm. Um, because of my mom, when it came to our CBD rub, he had tried so many other, and I'm using finger quotes here for people who can't see them. Mm-hmm. CBDs that only had like hemp seed oil. There was no real CBD, no terpenes, no cannab, no real cannabinoids or anything in there. And he's like, "Oh, that CBD doesn't work for me. I've tried it." So when we gave him a real CBD product, he was like, "Oh, okay, that works." And we have other things that obviously made it more potent. But I mean, there's a lot mm. of people out there that are just trying to swindle people. Yeah, it was, and that was it. Yeah. Immediate, my immediate first thought was when, before it was even, um, before it was even recreationally legalized here. That's a fairly recent <laughs> development. Um, there were CBD products coming out where I'm like, I wouldn't trust that as far as I could throw it because you could tell, you could tell these people didn't know what the fuck they're talking about. They probably didn't even know what 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 terpenes are and if you understand the cannabis plant and how it interacts with the human body you you'll know that it's not just thc versus cbd this is how it's often framed i've even in dispensaries they're like oh yeah you know the indicas are are the cbds these are gonna make you sleepy and the the sativas are the the thcs is gonna make you kind of alert and ready to get shit done and that that something weed smoker out there if you're a weed smoker is a fucking myth that that whole trope that people have been pushing that is also a myth itself it's much more complicated much more um you know each each plant uh out there as an individual is just about as unique as us uh, us humans how unique we are from each other it's the combination of the combination of cbd and thc and all the terpenes nobody ever fucking talks about the terpenes and that's the shit that makes all the rest of it work is one the the i love i love the entourage effect metaphor because that's really how it works uh, I hate that show. But oh my gosh, it's so absolute garbage. But <laughs> hey, it's amazing because all it is is the male version of Sex in the City, and that shit is apparently the gospel. So Entourage is awesome. Uh, I think it's. I think. I think all of it is garbage. Oh gosh, it's, it's, it's a horrible way to live your life. Like, come on. The well, no. The I there are things that have been on TV that I like. Usually sci-fi is, is where those those things come yeah. in for me. It's not from reality TV. I've, I've, I've never found a reality show that it was like, oh, yeah. I, well, I don't uh, know if there's a reality show that's actual. That's yeah. actually real. No, no, there is. Yeah, that's there a good point. It's, 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 you're living it right now. It's like you're... Mm. But, uh, but it, you talk about that, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about the terpenes, and no one was really talking about it. Is that a long time ago, that just used to be one of those understood, but obviously not known. It was just like, oh, 
you know, this is what makes it work. And now we're really starting to dive into the roots because unfortunately, you know, we have to prove the efficacy of this, this plant. And in reality, we shouldn't even be smoking it. And we need to be eating it. It needs to be ingested orally in, in, in different ways. But it's, um, I saw this quote somewhere and it said, imagine if in order to end prohibition of alcohol, they had to come up with an argument to prove that it was medically beneficial for us. Just like the argument people are having to make for like psychedelic mushrooms or cannabis, or um, as someone who goes to Columbia regularly, coca leaf, which is what they use to make cocaine. But if you just take just the raw coca leaf by itself and you chew on that, you're not going to need that monster, that that garbage that you're just drinking there, which it, it's so good. Like I, I love Red Bull. I'm addicted to Red Bull. The peach rib, the peach nectar is amazing if you mix it with the uh, the coconut berry. Anyways, um, coca leaf. But with the most famous beverage in the history of Earth, Coca Cola, was based off of that. Yeah, the fact that they used to climb around the Andes and chew on coca leaves and be like, oh my god, I'm reminded of that drunk history segment where it's like, oh my god, we have so much energy, I have no idea we Yeah, <laughs> chewing on these leaves. But that's the funny it's thing, so awesome. like, that's not how it works, like, that's not how the leaf works. Like, even Coca-Cola used refined cocaine in, they didn't just use coca leaf. So like, coca leaf, you take a handful, you throw it in your mouth, you're not going to be wired mm. you can just go throughout your day it's 40 percent protein by volume it's got all your amino acids in it and uh you, your your vitamins you throw that in your mouth and then you can just be chilling relaxing under the sun and then hey you need to go do something you know something requires work you have the energy to go do it and you don't have to you're not dragging along it's it, it's a weird feeling but it's you don't get these highs and lows like you do from red bull it's like you're just always ready to be able to do something. But you could relax mm. if you want, or you can go all out. I've been on caffeine forever. It's been said in the family mythology that they used to put Diet Coke in our baby bottles. Um, so I don't have the same reactions to caffeine that people do. I can drink three monsters and take a nap. Like, it, I do not get wired. That's what, like, I, I drink that shit to just... Stay on, stay on the ball. Yeah, Ryan. Wants Ryan, Kemper, you would love coca leaf, then you wouldn't. Well, like, it, it's kind of like I was gonna say about the coca leaf. Like, it's like energy for us, right? Like, our biggest thing with storing the energy from solar panels is like, how do you store? Thank you for listening to this two-part Buzzed Bee special. For part three, you're gonna have to stay tuned for Spirit Monkey. Only on Patreon. I want to thank these wonderful boys, Ryan and Jake, for coming and hanging out with me for a bit on Mindwave. If you would like to learn more, uh, follow Buzzed B LLC on Facebook. Um, they also post lots of cool stuff about bees, which is fun. Uh, or you can head to their website, Buzzed Bee Balm. Dot com. Free plug. Again, this was not a paid endorsement or an advertisement. Uh, just some really cool friends hanging out with who have a who have a dream. We all have our dreams, and we should help each other achieve those dreams. 
Thank you for listening to Mindwave. The next couple weeks here, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be happening on Mindwave. Um, we are in crazy time development on UI86. <laughs> there are some crazy, crazy fucking announcements on that uh, front. I will save that for another episode because we've gone over time here. <laughs> but that's going to be where my primary focus is. Um, so next week will probably be a space radio episode. We shall see. What would you like to hear on the show? Would you like to hear your glowing five-star review that you leave me on Apple Podcast as read by a robot? Studiostargazer.org. Shoo. <laughs>